It's time. Roll for initiative. All right. So, what do you do? Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Tabletop 101. I'm one of your hosts, Caleb. With me is my co-host, Mike. Hey, what's up? And today we are going to be talking about GMing 101. Mm-hmm. That's right, talking about Game Masters and and reasons why you should do it and why we think it's awesome. So mm-hmm. to start it off, I think, Mike, why? what are some reasons that we should be a GM or people should g- try their hand at it? Yeah, so I mean, I guess like the first thing is if no one wanted to be the game master or the dungeon master, the narrator, whatever it is that your game calls it, if no one took that role, we would never play any games. Uh, Simply put, we need more people running games so that way more people can join in and play games and then grow up to be game masters themselves one day. It's like a disease, but you want to have it. Absolutely. A highly transmittable, wonderful disease. <laughs> GME. <laughs> yeah. But so, like, <laughs> jokes aside, though, like, it's a lot of fun. Um, we've all played in, and well, not all of us, but a lot of us have played in games before where you thought to yourself, man, this was a lot of fun, but gosh, I'd love to play a pirate game. Gosh, I'd love to play a, a sci-fi space Star Wars space opera game, but none of my game masters run that. Well, boy, oh boy, have I got a, got a thing for you. Go buy that book and run it, you know? Get in there. Exactly. Just because maybe your current group that you're playing with doesn't necessarily want to actually play it, maybe your current GM is not interested at all in cyberpunk or anything sci-fi related. Mm. Uh, I know it's a limited interest for me personally, but it's something where you know one of my players might say, hey, I really, really, really want to run cyberpunk. I really want to play in a cyberpunk thing. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they'll go pick it up and they'll try their hand at running it. And who knows? Maybe they'll inspire other people to then run it so they can actually play in it. Exactly. Because like, back when I started playing in Dungeons & Dragons, it was Pathfinder at the time specifically, all my buddies ran Pathfinder. And I always wanted to play something else. So I got my copy of... Uh, of Shadowrun 5th edition at the time and, and played that. I I had a bit of a hard time running because it was, it was one of my first games I played, but it, it gave me the opportunity to get to try something that was different because it was cool because my friends, no one played it. So I wasn't the noob in the group playing a game with everyone who was much better at it. I was just as equally a noob at the game as, as all my buddies were. So we all had fun kind of bumbling around together. And ever since then, as, as the game master, I always love bringing new games to the table because I love that feeling of discovery and newness which again is a great reason why i should gm games because you know you get to try new things out it's all sorts of fun not only do you get to try new things i think one of the benefits of it is you get to also kind of tell those narratives and those stories that are something that maybe maybe you have that that spark of creativity where you just you really want to sell that pirate campaign you really want to play something pirate related or maybe you have this amazing story that you want to do pirate related story um keep in mind not to railroad your players but at the same time like you can do that you can help facilitate those stories by trying your hand at gming Mm -hmm. and you can't necessarily influence as far as the the overarching narrative as much as a player as you can as a GM. Right, because as a player, your responsibility is to tell the story that your character is 
is creating, but as the game master, you can create the stage for other people to tell their stories on with their characters. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of point the camera, so to speak, if we're making a movie or a TV series, in a direction that you want things to go and kind of give that foundation for your buddy's creativity. Or even imagine it like a stage play. It's the difference between the actor on the stage versus the set backdrop. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure like there's there's we could we could go on all day about why you should GM, but end of the story, it's a lot of fun and it gives you a lot of control and the ability to try new things out. But we've mentioned a couple of other like game options besides like the obvious Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Like selecting the right system, right? Like like Caleb, what what would you have someone keep in mind when they're trying to find the the right game that they should be starting out with? Like, should they try something that they're comfortable with? Should they try something new? What, what do they have in mind? So I think it depends on the person themselves. Mm-hmm. I think if you are super, super comfortable with a game, let's say you've played it for a very, very long time, and you're really comfortable in your knowledge of the game and everything like that, absolutely try your hand at that. You're going to be already comfortable with it. You're probably going to be comfortable with the people at the table because they're probably people who have been playing with you for a long time now anyway. Yeah. And it's something where you can make that transition from player to GM. Uh, if you've played Dungeon Dragons for the last five years of your life every single week, mm-hmm. why not try running it? Because you're probably fairly familiar with the game. Right, and that's a good counterpoint to what I was saying before when I jumped over to Shadowrun because... For some people, that might be more comfortable, right? Instead mm-hmm. of having to learn a whole new thing and read a new book and teach it to someone else. I, I do like the idea of kind of that, that comfort food game of, I already know this game. I kind of know how combat goes. I kind of know how the rules work out. I kind of know what to expect, you know, and what exploits my, my fellow players will be using <laughs> constantly. Yeah, that was that was my first experience as I had been playing in a system in a particular game for a number of years and then I switched to trying to run the game. Wasn't as good as, it, as I thought it was going to be because I was not as familiar with the rules as I thought I was. But at the same time, if you have that comfort with it, you're going to be more comfortable trying to run that right away than okay. you are necessarily something brand new. Okay. However, there is that benefit of your players are learning it at the same time you are mm-hmm. for a game. Maybe it's something that's super new, super exciting that a bunch of people are interested in. Now it's a situation where you can say, hey, I have this cool new thing, this cool new book that just came out, this brand new RPG, and I want to try running this for you guys, and they're all interested in the topic as well. Yeah, like, let's play Marvel, let's play Avengers, you know? Exactly. Or there's even, I mean, to give another great example, actually, there's a a brand new G.I. Joe game that just came out recently, and it's like, everybody knows G.I. Joe, and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I would love to be a G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Let's go try this. Yeah. And so your players are learning at the same time you are, and I think that can be super beneficial as well. Now, not all games are created equal, right? So That is uh, correct. <laughs> so, like, of course, like, you can pick a game based on a theme that you like, like G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever you're into, Lord of the Rings. But there's also some mechanical things to consider, because a lot of games play very differently. Like, you have your games that are very, like classical combat focused like Dungeons and Dragons um, and you also have other games that are maybe a bit more like story focused like Blades in the Dark where they're a little bit more like the theater of the mind less tactical mm-hmm. grid combat um, some games are very very prep heavy where they require you as the GM to like prepare a lot of stuff ahead of time while some games are also very 
light and the GM prep, where a lot of the role is very, like, um, improvisational. A uh, great one for that would be the sprawl. I mean, you showed me that one, actually, where, yeah. where right there at the table we kind of built and kind of settled the entire campaign setting as a group while we were building our characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that game kind of facilitated something like that where it was a lot less prep probably on your end. Yeah, so I personally recommend games like that. You're kind of your, your indie, uh, uh, kind of like narrative-driven games because a lot of them will give you tools to facilitate session zero and session one, which really, in my opinion, helps hold your hand as a new GM to kind of guide you how to play the game. My rule of thumb is if you flip back to the game mastering section and it's only five pages, put the book back down if you're a new GM. But if you have like a nice chapter dedicated to like what you want to know how to, to run the game, you know, things to look for for inspiration, uh, how to prepare for session zero, how to run a long campaign. And if you get like a book where like a good chunk of it is for the game master, that's probably a good game for you to play. So like Dungeon World is always my first go-to because a very large chunk of that book is meant for the the master of ceremonies, the game master in that game. And I think it's important to mention here uh, as well, when we're talking about selecting that system, Unless it's a comfort food type pick, yeah, games that require multiple books generally are inadvisable because mm-hmm. there's a lot more that you are going to have to know and be prepared for um, when trying to run that for the first time. I think games that are uh, either smaller books or one book, one book games are mm-hmm. fantastic for your first time because of the fact that everything that you need and what the players need are all contained in one book. It's much easier to reference everything. Or games that have a tremendous amount of resources that are very easily easily accessible. Um, I think those are very important for a new GM. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I love games that are contained to one book because they're super easy to get into and, and get, your, get your teeth wrapped in around. So I guess the next question, right, is picking the people you want to play with. So the obvious thing is if you're doing the comfort food game, you're probably playing with your buddies. But what if your buddies only want to play um, Pathfinder 2nd Edition and say if you really want to play 7th C, you want to play a pirate game, and you just can't convince them into it, what do you do then? Um, approach strangers in the street and ask them if they want to... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I do, do it that. while driving on the freeway. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> hold up science. Talk to, talk to other people in your life. You never know who's going to be interested in these kind of things. I, uh, well, hilariously enough, we actually met <laughs> yeah, where did we through meet? work. Um, <laughs> and it was a weird situation where we got to talking about different hobbies and you know, the hobby of tabletop gaming came up and suddenly, spontaneously, I think you actually initiated it and said, hey, um, we should play a game together. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, yeah, that sounds great. Right, because at, at the time, I was, I, I moved to the area not too long ago. Most of my gaming group is far away and I, I lost a lot of them. And yeah, we were we were at work with a new group of hires and I think it was, yeah, it was, I, it was a totally like f- four of us all worked at the same company, plus a buddy from my old group. And we've been playing ever since for the last i can't count three four years something like that yeah it's uh it's been yeah three years something like that yeah but i I guess that's a good point like you never know who's into playing role-playing games until you ask absolutely um i I wouldn't go to like random people in the grocery store but like friends (laughs) families um not families your family to clarify not random families on the street i mean not random families but like your family or even sometimes like 
families that you know kind of yeah. thing or, uh, or if so you like, have like like social groups or communities even right mm-hmm. like if you have like a a dinner club you know you ask your friends at the dinner club or at the uh the biking association whatever um yeah. people that you already know and are comfortable with uh or also there's also all sorts of online communities and stuff that are open to trying to find groups for players for gms uh, and all sorts of different systems and it may be online sessions, but there's nothing wrong with running games online. Mm-hmm. Nothing well, wrong with playing games online. Yeah, I went through a couple of years of, you know, especially, uh, you know, post last couple of years here. I've been pretty comfortable running and playing games over like Discord, uh, Roll20 and all these other fantastic uh, online re- resources to uh, keep games with uh, with people from across the world. I had, I had a gaming group with a couple of guys in Scotland for a while. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I've I've had a couple of groups where I've been playing with people in, you know, different countries and different time zones entirely and everything. And uh, we I played a game with a guy in Australia. His ping was outrageous at times, but uh, <laughs> it was hilarious because you know for us it was in the evening and for him I think he had just woken up and he was playing and it was it was a great time. We we had a lot of fun. Nice. So yeah, like if you have a good internet connection, good webcam and mic, online's the limits. Um, if you have like local game stores, go check them out. Uh, there's a lot of Facebook communities for local gamers. Just like everyone has the opportunity to become a friend, but we have a whole video potentially for that another day. But potentially, uh, <laughs> potentially. Um, so you've got your game, you've got your party. Um, game's going to be in a week. What do you do? What do you do before session one or session zero? So I think there's a number of different things you can do. Um, Number one, make sure you're prepared, always, as far as, like, have have your understanding of the game. Okay. Understand how the basic concepts of the game are going to go. Uh, understand how you're going to approach session zero, or if it is session one, how you're going to approach session one. Uh, how you're going to talk to your players as far as, like, um, is it going to be a situation where you embody the characters? Um, or is it a situation where you completely talk into the third person of the characters and everything like that? I think that's mm-hmm. an important distinction, personally. So, like the difference between, uh, um, like, uh, like first person, like, okay, so the orc walks up to you and he says, "What are you guys doing in here?" As opposed to third person, the orc walks over to you and asks you what the three of you are doing in here. Exactly. Right? I think that's an important distinction uh, to find that comfortability. And if you want, you can always change that. But I think having an idea of what you're going to do going in is going to give you a little bit more comfort, a little bit more relaxation there. Okay. Ultimately, you want to make sure you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you're, you feel prepared. And you want to make sure that you are not yeah. stressed. Well, Me personally, I like to relax the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say relax, I mean do something that has nothing, to, almost nothing to do with it. I think the day before starting my current D&D campaign, uh, I binged three episodes of The Flash. Um, <laughs> and it's a Dungeons & Dragons campaign with no speedsters. So it's not like it was helpful inspiration or anything, but it was a way for me to relax before the game. Okay. See, I like that. I have a similar thing where before like running any game, I like consuming related material. Um, whether it be playing video games, reading comic books, watching movies or TV series, that will kind of hype me up for the setting, for the description. Um, so, like, if I were to run a pirate game, I would probably want to watch a bunch of Black Sails to just kind of get the vibe for, like, what places look like, how people talk and act. But also in a relaxing manner where I'm just chilling out and having a good time. 
in terms of what i like to prep for um if it's your first time and it's a new game you're not going to memorize everything in the book correct i would recommend becoming familiar with finding answers in the book not knowing all the answers because one of those things is much easier to do than the other and it's gonna it's it's the one where someone asks you a question and you can quickly find the answer or quickly make a decision on it and move on i wouldn't recommend planning too much unless you absolutely must um i I think generally coming in with a bunch of ideas and setting expectations especially for a session zero is the best thing get a bunch of ideas that you want to kind of get out there um, maybe don't plan everything out. They do this, they do this, they do that. But maybe get a couple of bullet points with, well, I would like to introduce, you know, the players to the game world by starting off with, like, a scene in a bar or something or an ambush on the road. And uh, kind of just be be flexible, especially if it's your first time. Let everyone know, hey, we're going to try something new out here today. So we're just going to kind of go with it, roll with the punches, see what works and what doesn't. And it's, it's a learning experience, you know, just be... Uh, be ready for anything that's intimidating but also don't be ready for absolutely everything because that's impossible you have no idea what to prepare for you're going to burn yourself out in session one and and to kind of further that you do not need to know the exact situation of what happens when they use this but when this one character uses this specific weapon on a mount during combat well at a well running 40 feet that's absurd you don't need to know that specific information (laughs) super basic broad information is helpful for example, roughly what, hey, what are your abilities? Mm-hmm. Like in terms of if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, okay, I know they have strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. I know those six basic things. So if I'm thinking and somebody says, well, I want to try and break the door down. Okay, that sounds like something strength related to me. Is there a similar skill, I guess, that's related to that? And then we look at that. Mm-hmm. Or if it's, hey, I want to try and catch this. Okay, that kind of sounds like something dexterity-based. What would I use for that? And then you kind mm-hmm. of look based on that. And now yeah. you have an area where you can find the answer that you're looking for. Yeah. So I 100% agree with that. That's it's yeah. a great point of being able to just know where to go for it. Mm. And this might be maybe stepping a little bit into actually running the first session. But I, I also like just winging it. Just openly saying, look, I actually don't know, but I feel like because you're on the horse, we're going to give you like a plus one to whatever your sword attack is, or or you're doing a dexterity check. Do you have like a skill you'd use for that? Is that, is that, I don't know, uh, acrobatics? Give me a recommendation. Yeah, we'll take that and we'll give you a plus one for it. That's probably wrong, but we'll look it up for next session. Thanks. And just go with it. Oh my gosh. It's one of my favorite things to do as a GM is I just make a ruling on something that if I don't know it. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes looking up the answer sometimes if I if I don't know it or know where I can easily find it. Yeah. I'm going to say, okay, cool. It sounds like this. We're going to go with this, mm-hmm. and then I'll look it up before next session. Yeah. I'll, or I'll look my, it up on a break or something. I'll only give myself 60 seconds if I can't find the answer, make one up. Exactly. I had a session where we had a half-hour uh, conversation one day about trigonometry and uh, how, how far away someone was, was up in a train if you can hit them with burning hands, and it went on for a half-hour, and it was stupid. And never again. I wasn't the GM. Uh, that wasn't me, I swear. Fingers crossed. Um, uh, I played in a campaign one time, and I think this is super important because this was actually the creator of the game. Okay. In the indie game. Creator of the game is running this as the GM. Oh, boy. And I was thrilled about that. That was super yeah. cool to me. Um, and I was playing a ninja character, and I wanted to... I was like, hey, can I... 
uh, jump off this roof, backflip my way down, and, and, you know, scissor kick this guy in the head. And he was like, you know what? That sounds awesome. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Found out after the session, there is no rule for that. There's nothing that allows that. I have no ability that allows it. In fact, actually, I technically moved two squares more than I was allowed to move during my turn. And we modified one of my kicks to do a a scissor kick type thing. Yeah. But he he was just like, yeah, no, I I don't care. I thought it was super cool. And I reward my players for super cool stuff. And I, I think that's an important thing is being able to be flexible as well as a GM. Yeah. Rule number one, be ready to wing it. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of step back and step forward at the same time here. Right. So it's your first session and you're actually sitting down and, and running it, right? My first recommendation is kind of coming in off of the thing you said earlier about chilling out. I recommend taking breaks. Like, mm-hmm. every hour on the hour, get up, walk around. Gives you kind of a minute away from things and to think. Um, maybe if you need more or less than that, go for it. I like breaks, taking it slow, and uh, just kind of, kind of seeing where things go, you know. Um, any, anything you would you would recommend for actually, like, sitting down at that first session and playing that game um three three very fast pieces of advice here yeah number one write down your players names yep and their character name next to it and generally their pronouns okay i think that's a super important thing and i think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily do but i think it's important to be able to address the players as their character names yes and you're not going to forget their characters names as easily when you do that and a lot Mm. of my players specifically like to play characters that are not of the same gender mm-hmm. and so for me if i'm looking at you and i say ah yes i see i see mike i mm. see mike is playing a a a female barbarian so mm-hmm. i need to whenever i refer to mike by his female barbarian i need to not use he or him in this moment i mm. should use she or her in this exactly moment. so it's it's an important distinction of looking down at that card and saying ah yes okay you know um, mm-hmm. I think the, the other two quick things is number one, write down a sticky note and stick it on your GM screen or just right next to your notes. How? Just the question, how? And number two, the, or number three here, the question, why? I think looking, being able to look at those, I literally have been GMing for over 20 years at this point, which is terrifying to me that I just realized that. But it, I've been GMing for over 20 years at this point. Mm-hmm. I still have those two notes that I stick on my GM screen. And the reason for that is if somebody asks me a question and I don't I, I don't see the immediate point that they're trying to get with the question or the information they're trying to get, I ask, why? Why are you looking for this? Mm-hmm. If they say, hey, can my character do this? How? How would they How? do that? And this is a very important thing. Everyone expects the game master to have all the answers. But it is important to ask questions of your players and then act upon those answers. Correct. So if someone says, I, and they're explaining some really confusing thing that is not clicking in your head, it's okay to be like, hey, so like, how are you doing this thing and what are you looking to achieve? Why, why are you doing this? What, what do you want? Right? So that way you can actually come up with some kind of coherent shared vision because sometimes you might be you know explaining or someone might be explaining um like that there is a room with with tools in it 
mm-hmm. and uh, they they might try to attack it, hearing it as two wolves or something silly. It's always good to clarify and ask questions. Oh, and absolutely. Take it slow. And can can I can I reference something yeah. that actually occurred between us sure. with these? Yeah. So this was a a. a cyber or cyberpunk futuristic game that we were playing mm-hmm. and we had seen a lot of um holograms and whatnot yeah and all of a sudden we saw this image of somebody you know uh hanging by their by their cuffed hands yeah. and i my i said my character would like to pick up a rock and throw a rock at them and i remember you looked at me confused and you're like <laughs> okay and i was like well it doesn't hit them and he goes yeah okay good that means they're not a hologram and you thought about it for a moment and you're like Oh, that's what. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like another person. It, 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 there was that moment of realization on your face that, like, no, this was actually supposed to be a hologram, and now I've made it so it's not. Yeah. And so it was a situation where it's like, in that moment, it was clear you didn't understand what I was trying to accomplish, and I backed myself I, into a corner with the explanation. I probably yeah. should have been a little bit more forthcoming of like, hey, this is what I why I'd like to do this. Mm-hmm. But that simple how and why are reminders of that kind of thing. And simply, and I think that's huge. If you ever make a mistake, it's the only mistake if people find out. Roll with it. <laughs> Roll with and it, baby. Honestly, you can also just admit your mistake. It's or fine. You can be like, it. you know what? I apologize. It You're does right. pass through. It, it does pass through. Yeah. In the moment, uh, whichever feels right, go for it. There's no wrong answer. Exactly. Except to have fun. Wait, that's not the wrong. That's the right answer. Wait. <laughs> All right. But to roll back and recap on everything here. Game mastering is a fantastic experience. Why should you game master? Because it's a lot of fun. And the more people that do it, the more people that can enjoy this hobby, and the more control you can have over shaping your own fun. Uh, Selecting the right system. Honestly, there's many ways to do it. Find something with a good theme, but also find something that's not too intimidating for you to read. Maybe that 600-page rulebook is not the right thing for you to start with. Picking the right party. If you got buddies and friends you like playing with, play with them. And uh, if, you, if you don't, just look around with your friends and family and people that you normally hang out with and maybe someone will want to play with you, you know? Uh, preparation, what to prepare for the first session, uh, just enough to be comfortable, but don't overdo it because you can't know everything. Just be ready to answer questions, ask questions, and use the answers. Then again, running the first session, ask those questions answer their answer their questions and just try not to panic have fun experiment and take notes for next time thanks we've been tabletop 101 and tune in next week we'll be back hitting up with some more knowledge for you players out there bye bye